Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast. As always, Brant and Bo coming at you, breaking down some incoming rookie running backs this week. Um, saw most of the wild card playoff games this past weekend. Had some good games, some crazy historical comebacks coming and coming out this week. Um, couldn't have uh, scripted a better game as Trevor Lawrence put out. Um, so it was a, a good weekend of football. Uh, we got one more game tonight on Monday night. Um, anyone that's looking forward to that game, well, good for you because uh, I'm really not looking forward to watching the Cowboys and Tom Brady. Those are two teams that I don't really care to watch. Um, but we're going to get in. We're going to break down a few running backs this week. Uh, next week we're going to do receivers, and then we're going to come back around and we're going to continue to break down some rookies. And uh, we'll definitely cover some free agency in this uh, in this offseason. Um so, uh, Bo, you got anything to add, or are you ready to jump into these running backs? No, not really. I mean, aside from the fact that we only have a few more weeks of football left to enjoy. Um, so, while I'm not looking forward to the Monday night game tonight myself either, I will be planted in my chair watching um, just to enjoy the last little bit of live-action football we have left this year. Um, because before you know it, degenerates just like you and I are going to be fiending and itching uh, for some live action, be betting money on the preseason games uh, by the time they get back around to us just because of how much we've missed it. So I'm going to take full advantage of what I have left. Well, don't forget, man, we got the AFL and the XFL to, to watch for a few months uh, with Josh and Gordon. And the USFL. Yeah, with Josh Gordon playing in it. And uh, Ben DiNucci will be in there. Uh, there's a lot of actual big names in the XFL and the AFL and, and all those organizations this offseason. They'll be fun to watch. Uh, I don't see me throwing too much money at them or trying to get in any of those fantasy leagues with only eight teams. Uh, but, yeah, with it, with uh, without further ado, let's let's jump into these running backs. I'll, I'll hop straight into mine. My guy, the first one I got is Bashan Robinson. He's the number one running back coming into this draft class. Um, he's six foot, 220 pounds. Um, I'm, I, let's talk about some of his strengths here. He's got great body control. Uh, he, he uses that well, very well, finding the holes. Um, great patience um, and looking for the holes uh, in the line. Um, he's got. He uses his momentum very well in, in his juke moves and in his cuts and everything else. He's got great burst. Uh, he's got a great burst speed to get through the line and get get into the second level. Uh, he's got a he's got great hands. Um, he's an amazing pass blocker, and his route tree is is amazing. Also, he gets out there. Um, there's been times that Texas lined him up there in the uh, slot um, out wide. Uh, Robinson is is a, is an overall back. He's got the pro pro size um, for a running back. And uh, he, his moves are phenomenal. His spin move, his stiff arms, everything else. This is one of the best prospects coming out since Saquon Barkley. Um, now let, let's talk about some of his weaknesses, though. Um, he he's, does not have elite speed to take off and get away from um, some of these uh, defensive backs here in the, uh, in the NFL level. He will get possibly chased down by quite a few backs if he does get a long run. Um, you're not going to see him bursting – 50, 60, 70 yards. Odds are he will get tracked down. He's uh, His rough 40 time was, I think it was 4.45. Um, so we've definitely seen some corners and safeties with some uh, faster times than that. Um, he also, one of the things I noticed while watching film was he had a slight hesitation at the line of scrimmage. Now, I know in college that doesn't, that doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, 
But in the pro level with the with the explosion you got from some of those defensive linemen, that may result in some negative carries to begin his career. Like if he's if he hesitates um, uh, too much, he's 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 going to start his career off with some with some negative yard runs. Um, but that's something that's that's able to be uh, taught and and um, and really uh, uh, helped um, turn into better. Uh, and, and being able to use it. Uh, and one of the other weaknesses I noticed, I noticed I talked about his route tree and how they lined him up in the slot and out wide and, and great, you know, great route tree. And he's a body catcher, though. He does not catch with his hands. Even when he was lined out wide, he was catching with his body. Um, and that can really hurt people in the NFL, um, especially with the way these DBs and, and safeties and linebackers do stick with some of these guys. Um, but overall, this uh, Robinson's a, he's overall he's the best running back on this board. He should be probably the number one pick in most rookie drafts, um, barring a terrible, terrible landing spot. I mean, he would have to be in one bad landing spot not to be the 101 in most rookie drafts. Um, I guess in a super flex, you might be able to make a argument for a quarterback to go ahead of him. But overall, Robinson's going to be one guy that he's going to be one of those can't-miss prospects coming out this year. Yeah, so obviously, Brian, I'm, I'm in agreement with you and a lot of other people out there that would say that Bajon Robinson's the 101, uh, and there's a massive teardrop between him and, and the next couple of guys. Um, but with that being said, I, I just want to pick your brain for a minute. So I, I still think in a super flex um, – unless you're in like just a desperate, desperate spot where you've got like two really old quarterbacks. Um, I would still think I would make the argument myself for him to be the one-on-one. But I, what I want to ask is let's, let's drop Bajon Robinson back in last year's draft class. Where does he fall in last year's class in your mind? Let's see. I think, I think he's the best running back coming out of last year's draft class as well. I think he would have been the one-on-one in that class. Um, I, I, I don't. It would have been. It would have been tough between him and Hall, but I still think he's better overall prospect than than Hall was coming out. Um, as as for the receivers, I mean, we saw Hall and Robin or Hall and Walker probably one and two in most leagues. Um, so yeah, I think I think Robinson probably would have been the one hundred one last year as well. I, I agree um, with him being the one hundred one in last year's class as well. Now let's take it back even another year further. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, those guys. Um, where where does uh, Javante Williams, where does Bajan Robinson fall in that class for you? So going into that draft, I probably would have had him and Najee about the same going into that class with the film, everything else. After seeing what ETN's been able to do in that offense, I think you'd have to make that argument now, but that's two years later. Um, I, I, think, I think it would be a 1A, 1B between him and Najee going into that draft. If you look at their tape, their film, what they did in college, what they brought to the pro level, how good they were, um, I think it'd be a 1A, 1B, and I, I, I would give the slight nod to Najee just because we saw him in a full workload bell cow offense there in Alabama where he was carrying that carrying the rock 20 times a game already. Yeah, I, I, again, I agree with you here, Brent. I, uh, you, if you remember right, I had the opportunity uh, two years ago to draft either Najee or ETN in that class, and I loved both of them. I, you know I was torn. I liked almost liked ETN slightly better than I did Najee, but landing spot, I had to take Najee. Um, I do think that if you take Bajon Robinson back to that class, though, I think I, my decision gets a lot harder. Um, I think he does. He's right there with uh, Najee, neck and neck, depending on where, where the two of them fell. I would say let's take it back another class, but no, nobody's surplanting Jonathan Taylor, uh, at least not right now. No. Um, 
But what I what I do think is interesting, and the guy I'm getting ready to talk about is why I wanted you to go back a couple of years. So if you remember back three years ago in that rookie draft, um, a lot of people would have told you going into the draft that it should have been Jonathan Taylor 101, right? And then the actual NFL draft happened. The Kansas City Chiefs came out of nowhere and picked up Clyde Edwards-Elayer. And what happened? Clyde Edwards-Elayer leapfrogged Jonathan Taylor. He went moved up like five spots in a lot of rookie mocks. And next thing you know, he's the first rookie off the board. Now, that did not pan out really well for a lot of people who may or may not have done that decision. It worked out great if you had the 102 and the guy in front of you came in and, and grabbed CEH. Now, what the guy I'm going to talk about is a guy that I think has a lot of the same traits as CEH. Um, and Jameer Gibbs, the, the uh, junior running back out of the University of Alabama, 5'11", 200 pounds, uh, 20 years old. He'll be just over 20 um, at the NFL draft as his birthday is in March, um, or just over 21, excuse me. Um, now, with, with Jameer Gibbs, he's got some good pros, but he's also got some pretty good knocks against him. So he has the potential to be a three-down back. He has great hands. Um, outside of the backfield. He runs hard. He's got breakaway speed. Um, he, he has quick burst through uh, open holes that his offensive linemen create, uh, and he can hit the edge really quick as well on east-to-west runs. Um, he does have the explosiveness and that long speed. If this guy gets out in space, you will not see him getting tracked down by defensive backs very often. Um, now, that's not to say that if, if they're on a, on a level playing field and uh, the, the, the meeting point, where they're both running, uh, whatever. But I'm talking if he gets a three-yard, you know, uh, uh, head start on some of these defensive backs, he's not getting caught. Whereas you could see Bajon Robinson um, be tracked down. Now his cons, um, which are kind of scary, um, he's ne- he was never a bell cow in college. Um, he never had that opportunity, whether it was at Alabama this year or his two years at Georgia Tech prior to this season. Um, he lacks patience. Um, for for holes to develop where when it, when it's a designed inside run play, um, and because of his size, again, it's not he's not woefully small, but he's not big by any stretch of the imagination either. So him running in between the tackles is of a little bit of it is a little bit of a problem, and his pass blocking is is average at best. I wouldn't say he's going to come into the league and be the instant best pass blocking running back. Um, it is something I think that could be coached uh, to be a little bit better. Um, and we all know that if you have a fantasy running back, you want that guy to be able to be a decent pass blocker because he's not going to be on third down if he's not. Um, so I think Jameer Gibbs has the skill set to be a three-down running back. Um, but I want I want people to be careful on this one because um, Jameer Gibbs, first of all, he's a very good running back, and if he goes to the right spot, he's going to have a very good year for fantasy career probably. However, I want people to proceed with caution. If Jameer Gibbs goes to a landing spot that is just amazing – whether it be Kansas City, who now we have all kinds of question marks surrounding that backfield, or something like that, he you should you cannot draft this guy in front of Bajan Robinson. While I think Jameer Gibbs has a very good season or very good career, I do not think he is going to be anywhere near the playing field of Jameer Gibbs or uh, uh, Bajan Robinson. I'm sorry. So this is something that I think I will preach all off season after studying tape on Jameer Gibbs. I have not studied tape on Bajon Robinson because to this point, I haven't felt the need, um, especially the sweet knowing Walker that you had him. Um, but with that being said, uh, there would have to be very dire circumstances come about for me to flip the script on this one and decide to put Jameer Gibbs ahead of Bajon Robinson. So, yeah, I just, I watched a few games, uh, a few of uh, Gibbs' games this year, and, and and he does. He looks like an amazing, you know, amazing running back coming out. Um, it, it's going to be, you know, you could say it's your blue in the face, but it's going to be if if he falls into the perfect spot, you're going to be looking at another Clyde Edwards-Alaire issue where people are going to let this, you know, 
guy jump him. Well, we you can't. But Robinson's a once uh, once in a generation. He's a generational talent. I can't say once in a generation because we're starting to see it now. But Robinson's a generational talent. Um, it may take him some time to develop into that or into that role with his team. But it, Robinson and, and is easily the 101 in my mind. Um, as for Gibbs, uh, I haven't studied a whole bunch of tape on him. Um, but, yeah, I do know that he should be solidify as himself as the number two running back in this class. Um, although the guy that I'm fixing to talk about after watching some of his tape and reading some things about him and, and, and looking at a little bit, he got me a little more excited um, to possibly contend for that 102 spot. Um, right now, I believe most have him in the three or four spot. And uh, that's uh, Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Um, and, and I'm going to hit one of his biggest knocks right off the bat. I normally go strengths first. So he's listed, and this was the craziest thing I think I've ever seen while doing research. I hop on one side and I look up his height and weight. He's 5'11". That one's set in stone. He's 5'11". Go to one side, he's listed as 195. You go to the Ole Miss side, he's listed at 215. And there's multiple other sites that had him at 200, 210. This man is anywhere from 195 to 215. So if he's below 200, when it comes down to that combine or that pro day when he gets weighed in, I'm going to have to say that that's a little bit undersized for a running back at 5'11". I know Ole Miss has him listed at 215, but I don't see him at 215. So he's a little bit undersized. That's one of his biggest knocks right here. But I'm going to go into his strengths, and then I'll get into a few more of his, his weaknesses. He's got great speed. He just bursts through that line. He's a north-south runner. He runs straight in. He falls forward. He's not going to get you too many negative yard plays. He's outstanding with that. He bursts through that line. He's going to fall forward. He's going to get you the one, two yards every carry. He's got great balance. If you don't wrap him up, he's going to find that. He's going to get his footing back, and he's going to take off. And one of the biggest things I saw on film that I absolutely loved is he's got great cutback and he finds those holes whenever he's going. There's a few uh, uh, games out there where he started, he was going right and he had to come back. And most running backs, when they, when they go back to the other side of the line, they go all the way around. No, he was dead stopping and cutting back towards the middle of the field and waiting for and finding that block on his cutbacks. He has amazing cutback and uses his momentum very, very well in, 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 in cutting back and using his moves. He's, he's going to be very shifty and fun to watch. Um, so we're going to go into, into his three knocks. I already said his undersize. And I, I'm going to hit that. I'm going to hit that. I, I think it's going to be a lot like – James Cook. A lot of people had James Cook as undersized coming out this year because he was under 200 pounds when he weighed in at the combine. This is another guy that you're going to have to wait and see what his actual weight's going to be. Uh, one of his other knocks is he doesn't get much, even with his great speed, he doesn't get much separation in the passing game. Um, and we never, we never got to see him utilize that much in the passing game um, throughout his time at Ole Miss. But when he did, he had amazing hands. He did show the ability to catch the ball there in um at Ole Miss excuse me I mean he only had 12 receptions one year 10 and 8 so he never really got the opportunity to really show what he can do out there but that once again we didn't see that with Kenneth Walker and look how well he actually developed into the in the passing game with Seattle this year he had multiple good games there um and then the other thing is he never has seen a bell cow roll there in his highest carries on a year 144 this past year yeah, that's lower than the uh, lowest amount that Robinson saw all year. 
or all uh, all three years there in Texas. Um, so, well, besides his freshman year, Robinson saw a little less, but the other two years weren't even close to 144, and that was the most Zach Evans has seen. He's going to be a day day two pick guy, and it, barring going into the right spot, um, I expect him to fall in the second or third round. If he gets into the right spot and with the good coaching staff, this guy could contend for the 102 in this in this draft class. Um, it's all going to depend really where he goes and, and how long it takes him to get and developed. It's kind of like, once again, I keep referring him to James Cook. James Cook fell into an amazing role, but it took him a little while to get into that. And I think you're going to see the same thing with Zach Evans. But once he does, I think he has a good shot at taking over the lead back there. Um, so, yeah, this is a guy that I really like. I think he right now is, like I said, he's listed anywhere between the three and the fifth best back in this in this class. This is a guy to definitely keep your eye on. I would definitely be doing a little more uh, film and research on him as we get closer to the NFL draft. Excuse me. Yeah, so much like Zach Evans, Brant, the next guy I'm getting ready to talk about, I think these are guys that you're going to be able to get, um, you know, a little bit later in first rounds of, of most um, rookie drafts. And, and unlike Zach Evans, this guy does have um, some pretty good tape on pass catching. Um, this is Sean Tucker, the five foot ten. 210 pound 21 year old out of the University of Syracuse you have uh, probably done a lot more research on this guy uh, than I have since you know you're the Syracuse mascot uh, in real life and all um, but nonetheless this is a guy that a lot of people think is a top three top four running back in this draft depending on where he falls um, but again the size is there um, so let's talk about some of his pros and then we'll get into some of his cons he's got that great NFL size that's one of the first things um, with his size and, and his ability that, that he's displayed in college, he does show three-down back potential. Um, so if he goes into a, a backfield that there's not already somebody proven to be a really good pass catcher um, or something like that, this this guy could step into a uh, rookie bell cow role. Uh, he's got exceptional goal line power. He's a very good back in the, at the goal line, short, short down distances as, as well. Um, he has probably, in my opinion, the best pass blocking um, displayed in and out of any running backs coming out in this draft. Um, I think he will start out as an above-average pass blocker in the NFL. Uh, and he also has very good uh, contact balance, much like you talked about with Zach Evans. Um, if you're not, if you're shoulder tackling this guy, it's not going to work out. You're going to have to go low, wrap up on him, uh, and hold on tight. Otherwise, you're going to go for a ride. Um, this guy, watching the tape, reminded me a, a lot of a more elusive David Montgomery. Um, I know it's really early to put out comps, but as I was watching the film on Sean Tucker, I just could not separate um, – that uh, vision from my head of this being a quicker David Montgomery. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on there because David Montgomery has been pretty effective in, as a fantasy football running back um, in his time in the NFL. Now his, his cons uh, on Sean Tucker, very, again, very similar probably to why I feel like David Montgomery His open field elusiveness and speed are lacking. Um, this is a guy that you're going to see him um, hit that hole hard, get a three instant three, four yard carry. I don't know how many times you'll see him bust one for more than, you know, 20 to 30 yards. Um, he will be tracked down by not just defensive backs, but also some linebackers. <laughs> um, I mean, we go, we go back to Isaiah Simmons, that dude ran like a four three. So, um, you know, he, he the the speed for Sean Tucker is going to be an issue um, in his open field elusiveness. You're not going to see this dude hurdling guys like uh, Najee Harris or Bajan Robinson do. This guy is a lower my shoulder, may the best man win at the point of contact. Um, 
just just to put into context, we talked about Zach Evans a little bit, and I wanted to say this. Um, so Zach Evans in three years at, at Old Miss had 30 receptions. Now, is that a Zach Evans problem or is that a, a scheme problem at Old Miss? We don't know yet. We'll find out uh, as the combine progresses when they when he goes through some of those catching drills and, and what we get out of him um, going into the. For those of you that have drafts after the preseason, you'll probably get to see a lot of those questions answered. Um, early on in, in his preseason career. But Sean Tucker last year at the University of Syracuse, who, again, is not a huge um, dump-off school when it comes to passing to their running backs, he had 36 receptions just this year uh, for 254 yards, 7.1 yards per reception, and two touchdowns. Um, so the numbers are there. It shows that he can do it. He's capable of doing it. Um, and I think that will that will weigh into um, a GM's decision when they're sitting uh, day two looking at, at him versus some of the other backs when they have needs. So I do think Sean Tucker is a guy that ultimately will be fantasy relevant year one. Um, again, much like Zach Evans, it's going to very be very dependent on landing spot, whereas Bajon Robinson and Jameer Gibbs are going to go wherever they go, and I think they'll compete year one and should be the starters in those in those backfields. But with all that being said, Brant, today we've, we've ranked these four guys or broke down these four guys. I want to rank them. So, I, obviously, I think you and I are both in agreement. Bajan's one, correct? Yeah, before we get too far, I'm going to try to find this clip I watched. You talked about hurdles and the first thing that pops in my head. There's a clip of Bashan Robinson. I'm going to try to find this clip, and I'm going to get it on the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast page on our Facebook page. When Bashan Robinson hurdles, he doesn't hurdle like you normally would see with Najee. He literally uses his momentum, and he just, like, high steps over these guys. There's a few clips I saw in his film, and it was just crazy. When you said that, it just, like, popped in my head. And I I wanted to know, you know, I just kind of wanted to put that out there, that it was, it was amazing watching him hurdle some defenders. So uh, I'll get back into the rankings. I'm sorry. That one was in my head. I had to ramble it off real fast. Uh, as of right now, I got to go Robinson, Gibbs, and then I got to go Evans, and then uh, the guy out of Syracuse there. Um so those would be my top four right now with the four we went over. Yeah, so I think there is some other guys that we're going to break down when it comes to this running back class. And, again, you, you know, like Tyler Algier who went late in the draft. I mean, they're, they're, if you went and re-ranked um, last year's rookie class, which I assume you and I will do, um, Tyler Algier will leapfrog several running backs oh, yeah. um, from that class that were drafted in front of him. And I think that is something you will see with this class outside of the top three, four guys. Um, but – at the same time, I, I do think, you know, Brian or Bajan Robinson is by far the one. If you take Brian or Bajan Robinson out of this class, um, Jameer Gibbs is by far the one, in my opinion. So um, I'm going to go 1A and then like a 1B minus in Jameer <laughs> Gibbs because there is still such a difference between Robinson and Gibbs. And then I have, just because of, of the body of work in college, I do put Sean Tucker slightly above, above uh, Zach Evans, although I will say Zach Evans was a better recruit coming out of high school. He was a five-star recruit, like the number 19 or 20 in his mm-hmm. total class. Was supposed to be an absolute stud, and we just never saw that develop. But again, Ole Miss, um, they've been better the last couple of years, but they're still not back to what they were back in the day. And I, I do think that if a guy like Zach Evans goes to a bigger school, whether it be a Georgia or an Alabama, he's probably up there higher than uh, – than where he is now. So I do have Zach Evans at the end of my top four right now. Um, obviously, based on landing spot and that, things will change drastically. And I'm sure when you and I have, do our first uh, rookie mock draft after the actual NFL draft, uh, it'll be really interesting to see where he falls. But right now, I would have it Robinson, Gibbs, Tucker, uh, and then 
Zach Evans, which again, like I said, I'm shocked that you don't have Tucker as your one number one um, since you were on the sidelines cheering him on every week uh, in Syracuse. Uh, we need to also put on the the, faith, the fan, Fat Boys uh, page a side by side comparison of you and uh, uh, the Syracuse Orangeman uh, for folks to uh, to see that resemblance as well. So, yeah, yeah, we're just gonna keep just keep on knocking that one there. Um, but yeah, no, this, this running back class is going to be fun to watch, see where they land. And I just want to put out there, I'm pretty sure that you and me both were, um, higher on Tyler Algier than most, uh, other cast out there going into this season. It may have a lot to do with the fact we both dug a little deeper because he was part of the Atlanta Falcons. Same way I dug a little deeper on Walker. Um, but yeah, we definitely, I know we both had Algier in our top five going into the season of running backs coming or rookie running backs coming in. And I know a lot of people were sleeping on him with Cordell Patterson there, but we both saw it um, a little bit ahead of time. And uh, I know that I grabbed a few shares of him in some of my uh, keeper and, and redraft leagues. And uh, he's, he's a guy that uh, is, is going to be fun to watch next year too, there in the Atlanta backfield. Um, so, um. You know, something else I want to put out too, Brant, is um, I, I do think at some point you and I will put in um, our overall position rankings, uh, have them type up, typed up on the on the uh, Fat Boys page there, uh, potentially the Fantasy Holics page too, if that's something they decide they want to publish. Um, but we we do spend a lot of time diving deep on these guys, uh, and I know when you just start throwing stats out over a podcast, it can get kind of dry. So. Um, I think we will go through and finish out the top guys at each of these positions here, and then we'll kind of break away from it a little bit and maybe do like one guy here or there as a mix in with some of our episodes. Um, just because when you get outside of the top, you know, whatever, if you're in a redraft league, you're not really listening to, to stats on uh, Joe Smith from uh, Southern Western T- Tulsa University. Um, so uh, with that being said, um, I think we will break through the rest of these before we get into some other stuff. You know, there's some really good wide receiver prospects in this class, a couple of really good tight end prospects, and then some more running backs that we have to get through. So um, just be patient with us as we get through those. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the tight end prospects. I'm ready to talk about my boy there out of Notre Dame, but that's a, that's a name for a different time there. Um, so, yeah, next week we're going to hit out some wide receivers. Uh, we'll drop out four of them. Um, you know, talk a little bit more about some of these college players and uh, get us ready to uh, start really getting into our research. Um, but as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.